Okay, I think we're started. Um, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Tuesday, March the 3rd, 2020. Uh, today we're reading from the big book on page 94, the second paragraph that begins, Your Candidate May, and we're reading one paragraph. Today's readers are uh, Tamara C, Catherine M, uh, Nancy P, Ginger C, Allison L, and uh, the newcomer greeters, Naomi, and the second hour host will be Leslie M. Um, the reference number for yesterday for the 7 a.m. meeting is 14,196, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 14,000. 198. Um, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Tamara C. to read the 12 steps. Tamara? Good morning, it's Tamara C. in Charleston, South Carolina, a compulsive eater. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless... Somebody needs to mute. Go ahead, Tamara. Hey, Haram Jale Kutte Benchot. You need to mute so we can have this meeting. Tamara, you're you're not you're muted, I think. Okay, sorry about that. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, 
except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Okay, thank you for your service. How are, um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of recovery described in the, in, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 94, the second paragraph that begins, uh, your candidate may. Um, I'm now gonna ask Nancy P to get us started. Uh, Nancy? Hi, good morning, Craig. Thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P, your one trick pony calling from West Newton, Massachusetts. Your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. He may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning which requires discussion with other people. Do not contradict such views. Tell him you once felt as he does, but you doubt whether you would have made much progress had you not taken action. On your first visit, tell him about the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. If he shows interest, lend him a copy of this book. So, I mean, I usually meet people that, um, are in this position at face-to-face -face meetings. And um, I'm much better at approaching newcomers now, I mean, in that I do it at all, um, than I ever was. And when, you know, when I, you know, I ask people, you know, are you new to OA or, you know, do you have any any um, experience? And, and um, most people have had some experience in the form of, oh, I went to a meeting, one meeting 10 years ago or something like that. Um, and I jump right in and say, you know, I'm so grateful that I did this, you know, that I'm in Overeaters Anonymous. And I can say, you know, um, I understand. I totally understand about everything about this, you know, that I, that I didn't want to follow, follow the program, that I, you know, I never would say out loud what the thought of a drastic house cleaning did because I felt like what I had done was so... Um, dire and I was so different from everybody else. And today, um, what I say to people, I say to my sponsees or I say to everybody, two things. One, you're not special. And two, um, it's better to, you know, I had to start at the beginning and not the end. I can't, my whole life, I wanted to start at the end and then go back and review what everybody else had to do. But I wanted to be at the, at the end 
at the end game. And it doesn't work that way. I didn't, couldn't get anywhere. I tried for over four decades to get this program um, by figuring out some sort of shortcut and it never worked. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what I did. I had to do it the way that, that the book says. Um, you know, I tried more meetings, fewer meetings, eat this, don't eat that, eat that, don't eat this, new sponsor, you know, different kinds of meetings, um, everything that I could imagine except surrender. Once I surrendered and I finally said I'm going to do it in one, um, you know, in the way that it says in the book, then I got better. And I share that experience with people. And it's a powerful experience because it worked. And um, I think that people, when they're reassured, or people that I've run into that are they're reassured that it's, you know, they're not going to die if they start at the beginning. And the steps go in order for a reason. You don't have to uh, think about your drastic house cleaning and reading it out loud to somebody else before you can fully concede it to yourself that you're powerless over food and your life is unmanageable. Um, so, you know, the, my surrender was like being hijacked, you know, I say this all the time. I was blindfolded, handcuffed, forced to my knees with a gun to my head. Do you surrender now, Nancy? And once I did, everything else fell into place with no effort on my part, truly no effort. And today my recovery is, um, ongoing, but it gets richer and deeper with every passing day. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Okay, Nancy, thank you for your share, getting us started. Um, all right, so now we're ready to take names. Um, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Nessa R. Maria S. Jen A. Maya K. Okay, I've got uh, Nessa, Maria, Jen, and Maya. Got a couple more. All right, well, let's go ahead and get and uh, start moving with these four. Uh, Nessa, your turn. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. Uh, my name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I totally relate to, um, to this paragraph because it's the, um, I guess, it's human nature to want to identify out. I mean, this program is drastic, requires drastic measures and a lot of work, and um, I want to find every reason why it doesn't apply to me, why I don't have to do what all of you do, and I tried that for nine years in the rooms, and it didn't work. Um, I guess the miracle was that I never left. I was afraid to leave because I knew that if I left, there would be, you know, like 400 pounds out there waiting for me. But um, I wasn't achieving anything, uh, no weight loss, certainly no spiritual awakening. Um, and so my favorite excuse became, this program doesn't work. Um, and I didn't recognize that it's not that the program doesn't work, it's that I wasn't working the program. You know, it says on uh, page 58 in how it works, it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has totally fallen our, fallen our path. And so in my own experience and just watching others and listening to others, um, you know, what this should really say is rarely have we seen a person um, who has thoroughly followed our path. Um, you know, when... Um, when I was abstinent, I wasn't working the steps. When I was working the steps, I wasn't truly abstinent. 
abstinent. Even when I was abstinent, I never, I, I don't think that up until this, this recovery, until I met my current sponsor and got my food plan from her, that I, I didn't think that I was 100% abstinent. I don't think I was entirely abstinent at all, you know, because I was still eating allergens, just not in massive quantities, you know. It's like, oh, you know, if, if sugar is in the, five, in the fifth ingredient, then, oh, okay, then that's okay. But you know what? If my kid had an anaphylactic allergy to, to peanuts, I wouldn't give him um, anything that said peanuts in the fifth or tenth or twentieth or a hundredth ingredient. I wouldn't even put it near him. So why am I treating myself and uh, my own abstinence differently? You know, I also have a fatal allergy. The only difference, it doesn't kill me instantly, it will kill me on a layaway plan. But, you know, once I became entirely abstinent and I worked the steps in entire abstinence the way they're meant to be worked, guess what? This program did work, right? That's, that's, that's why it says uh, in the shortest paragraph in the big book, it works, it really does. I mean, a lot of meetings that I, that I go to, uh, there's a custom to close the meeting by saying um, it works when you work it and it's worth it. And that's right. It works when you work it or if I work it. It doesn't work if I don't work it the way it's meant to be. But once I do, oh, wow, um, the results are just unbelievable. And I truly, truly recommend it to everyone. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Next up, we have Maria. Was it Maria? Hi, sorry, Craig. My name is Hi. My name is Maria F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from County Dublin in Ireland. And I'm just going to jump in at the sentence where it says, "He may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people." Yeah, and that terrified me. Discussion with people, with strangers that I didn't know, you know, talking at meetings and. And all I could see on the wall when I came in, um, when the steps were on the wall, all I could see was steps four and step nine. And I was terrified of those two steps. Um, yeah, of, yeah uh, that drastic house cleaning that was going to come. And, you know, I'd been raised in an Irish Catholic family where the message in, in my house was you don't earn, you don't air your dirty laundry in public. Yeah, so the thought of me, you know, doing that drastic house clean, cleaning absolutely scared me to death. It terrified me. Um, and the truth is, you know, <laughs> I hadn't even taken step one. And in my head, I was on step four. Yeah, and just working with um, fellows today, you know, I get the opportunity of this fellowship to share experience, strength and hope, hope with others. Um, yeah, and to share what it was like, you know, what happened and what it's like now, because it's night and day. Um, and I find it an absolute privilege, a privilege working with others because um, I find that it's where I'm closest to my higher power when I'm in service and I'm working with other compulsive overeaters. Um, and, you know, we get to talk about a common solution. And in the previous chapter, you know, it suggested that um, when we meet the prospect, our talk be quiet. It said sane and full of human understanding. And what that says to me is, you know, Maria, can you meet the person where they're at? You know, can you bring God into this and meet the other person exactly where they're at, not where what your head is saying, but where they are. Um, yeah, and yeah, because you know what I, I believe is that when, when one or more of us compulsive overreaches are together, God is right in the middle. Yeah, so God does the work. I just turn up and be the vehicle and, and God does the rest, you know, and he sends me who exactly who he wants me to work with. You know, I don't get to choose. This is God's world. So God sends me 
um, yeah, what he wants. So thanks, thanks for listening to me. Okay, thank you, Maria. Next up, we have Jen A. Jen, good morning. Hey, good morning, Craig. Thanks for moderating the meeting today. This is Jen A. I'm uh, hanging out in Baltimore, Maryland today. Grateful to be able to get on the line before I go to work here. Wow. So your candidate may give reason why he need not follow all of the program. You know, I was that girl who didn't follow all of the program. I was the rebel that they're talking about in here um, with a cause, right? Because I came full of what? Full of will full of willpower, self-will, you name it, I was full of it. And, um, it, you know, for so long I'm like, oh, I, I guess I can do this OA thing, you know. And, and I did it. I did it to the best of my ability and how I was guided at the time. But there came a time where the bottom of the box fell out for me. Um, and, you know, I had to finally decide, am I, am I really going to do this thing? And that was, um, that was entire abstinence. And looking at the food and the food ingredients and the behaviors, um, was huge. That's, that was the first part of the program. And I think that's the part of Overeaters Anonymous um, that hangs a lot of people up. Like, I'm not in the art of convincing somebody when they call me that they have to put something down. You got to be convinced on your own. My job is not convincing others. Um, my job is just to share my experience, my strength, and my hope and what happened to me. And after I listen to what they, what they say, then I say, you know, can I, can I share my experience and what happened to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the next thing I know, it's either, oh, yeah, me too. Tears are dropping on the other end of the line, or there's a lot of self-will, and they might need to go back out, and they might need to keep eating, or they might need to keep visiting the gym six, seven days a week. I don't know. You know, I'm just here to share what happened to me. And I just remember that, um, you know, I, might, I, I was always told, don't argue with people. Don't argue with people in this program. You know, I, I, wanted to see, I wanted them to see my way and how I got well. And, and the moment that I put that down and I just let God move through me and the spirit move through the room and the energy move through the room, the miraculous can start to happen. Um, and then when I was ready, you know, I, I love how it talks about this because it's like the, maybe this person isn't ready to see how it works. Maybe they're not ready for page 58. But when they are ready, like my sponsor said, when I decided that what he wanted, I was willing to go to any lengths to get it, I would take certain steps, right? And Bill uses that. He uses rebel. It's the same thing. He balked. It says, at some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. What was letting go absolutely for me? It was surrender. So I'm, I'm so glad that I got to that, that, that point, that breaking point, um, because, you know, today, uh, you know, I'm free. I'm free of the desire to compulsively eat, to shove my finger down my throat, to go to the gym five times a week um, for two hours a day. Thank you, God, for saving a girl like me from the madness and the mind-boggling um, just mayhem of this disease. Um, and I'll just keep coming back. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, Jen. All right. Next up, we have uh, Maya Kay. Maya? Hi, I'm Maya Kay, um, recovered in New York. Um, uh, I love this paragraph. It just brings me back to when I first came into program um, like 30 years ago in New York City, I just thought, like, what is 
uh, house cleaning have to do with overeating? <laughs> and like, what if I go and do all these things and make apologies and I'm still overeating? How embarrassing that would be. And <laughs> But I think I was so desperate and I had tried everything and every diet and read every book that I just was willing, so willing. So I just remember someone saying, just read the three steps, first three steps. <laughs> and I just did anything. And, you know, I've been in this program a lot and gone out a lot and kept trying other things. And this, you know, I've, I'm just amazed at this program. And, um, you know, I, I've learned so much like about, um, self, you know, where I, I was brought up and, you know, criticized a lot. So I, I didn't want to hear about self when I was forced to get things for people all the time and like don't tell me it's self-centered I I was like a slave but you know you can be involved in self on the flip side and just terrified and hiding and and ter- you know just depressed and involved in self in that way and I'm just so grateful to this program because you know I'm so I'm so learning um you know that it's so connected to house cleaning and how I treat myself and other people that lifts the food obsession um, and giving back and um, helping other people and, and that brings like God into my life and blessings into my life. And um, I'm just amazed and, and how quickly it can happen by just surrendering. Um, You know, after 30 years, I feel like I'm really just, committing to the program like never before and um i'm just so grateful today you know um to connect with people and i just like i keep saying it's never too late you know um i'm really grateful for all the things in my life i feel really fortunate and really rich in in so many ways and um I, um you know it's, i haven't sponsored a lot I'm still scared to do that, but I do service in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm I'm like hoping and I'm saying, God, you know, make me willing. My sponsor is awesome and wonderful. I feel like I can give to her. You know, my daughter has her middle name, you know, has her name for her middle name. And I, I mean, I, I've never had such love, you know, um, and felt so much love, you know. And uh, I'm just so, so grateful to have such faith and um and this program is just miraculous to pass on to even my daughter as as being an example of a mother and um and just having a higher power to help me through the day and with everything so thanks for letting me share all right thank you Maya. all right we're ready to take some more names who else would like to share on this Christina uh, J. paragraph katie g page 90 uh, Dana, Katie. Uh, it was Christina J. Christina. Okay. What paragraph, please? Page 94, the second paragraph. Your candidate may. Craig, I can go to Chuck. All right, Chuck. I've got Christina, Katie, and Chuck. Was there a Dana? Or am I hearing things again? Catherine M. <laughs> Catherine? Yes. Okay. 
anymore, or are we going to go in fours today? All right, let's go in fours. Christina, you're up. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for your service, everybody. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, tell him you once felt as he does, but you doubt whether you would have made made much progress had you not taken action. In my early 40s, uh, a chronic, hardcore alcoholic, in and out of recovery centers continually, could not get the program, sat in my office and told me, uh, she was the wife of the boss of the company I worked for, that uh, the big book was the only way out of any addiction. And I said, oh, I need one of those, you know. And I hadn't really been in any OA rooms at that point. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if she ever recovered. Uh, but I went to her house, I don't know, a month later, and got this big book. And I sat out in the driveway really excited to find out what the secret was. <laughs> went right to how it works, of course. And then I closed the book, and I carried it around with me for, must have been 20 years. Um, well, maybe not 20, yeah, maybe almost, almost 20 years. So uh, I didn't make much progress. <laughs> but it takes what it takes, and God took me in and out of some rooms, and I didn't relate. And um, finally, I got desperate enough um, where I was going to start my own meeting because I knew this was the only thing that was going to work. I tried everything else, went on starvation routines and different things, over-exercising, and um, <clears throat> then finally that all stopped working. And um, I knew I had to start an OA meeting and try to get this thing, and I decided that at that OA meeting I was going to have some big books because this woman, kept her voice kept ringing in my head, this is the only thing that works. <clears throat> I sat and did all the questions in the OA book and forced up while I was eating, and that didn't work for me. Just many, many things didn't work for me, and I'm not saying it's bad. It was a step in my progress. But um, finally, someone in that new meeting I started said, you know, you need to listen to vision. And I was like, vision? What's vision? And then they said again. And uh, so I <clears throat> sat down one night and started listening, and they cracked, beginning to crack this big book open. And I was, I opened my book, and you should see my book now. Just from 2000 and uh, early 2014 till now, it's riddled with notes and underlines and highlights, and you can it's falling apart. And just in that short time, this book has become my Bible. And um, so drop in the book. Give them, a, give them a copy of the book. It might sit on his shelf for many years in the back of his car. It might, you know, but it's there. And it's, it's messages kind of seeping around, you know, this blue book sitting back there. There's got to be something in it. I held on to it for so long. And I did rebel at first, you know, how it works. That's why, probably why I shut the book and went on with my life. But um, we have to be ready, and I'm going to finish up. We have to be ready to, we have to be desperate and drastic, you know, we have to be ready to really do all this work. And um, when there's nothing else, when you're completely hopeless, you're ready. So thank you for letting me pass, and I share. All right. <clears throat> thank you. Next we'll have Katie, followed by Chuck, followed by Catherine. Katie? Hey, Craig. Good morning. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. Oh, my God. I rebelled at everything. I mean, you said up, I said down. You said left, I said right. I mean, before you even finished your sentence, in one piece of our literature, and I don't know which it is, it talks about how we are just 
these um, contrary individuals. And what did that contrary, negative, rebellious, you know, fighter get me? It got me a permanent, God willing, seat in Overeaters Anonymous because it brought me pain because I was shut down. I was like, no, I don't have a problem with this food. I don't have a problem with exercise bulimia. I don't have a problem with laxatives. I don't have a problem with Ipecac. This is all normal. And if you, and I may have joined this meeting called Overeaters Anonymous, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to sponsor me and I'm, this is what I'm going to do, right? And so the only thing that got me out of rebellion was pain. So I wish you find your pain. I pray you find your pain because today the pain that I get into is just a sign that I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I've become the I know guy. And the minute I'm the I know guy, I got no God. Um, you know, and I think that what's so phenomenal about these beautiful steps is they're circular, right? We go through them for a reason. If you're not on step four, if you're on step one, I'm scared for you to do a drastic house cleaning. If you're on step one, I'm scared for you to do a step eight or nine or 10 or 11 or please not 12. I'm scared. Why? Because if you haven't taken the necessary step, that first foundational step, these are the foods, ingredients, and behaviors I think I cannot live without. I have got to put them down 100%, right? 100%. And then bring me, that carries me, that propels me. I see the insanity of me. Is there a, is there a God bigger than you? Yep. Okay, keep going. Make that decision now, kid. Are you willing to turn your will and your life over to the care of God? You don't need to do anything else. Just, just say whether you're willing or not. Make that decision and then let's go. So if you're scared of step 10 and you're on step one, you're living in a future that may never happen. Get on step one. You know, this is a hard meeting sometimes to participate in if you're on step one and we're talking about a different step. Because if you're like me, I want to go to the head of the class and I want to have, I, this is, I have an opinion about everything and I, I'm right, right? But this is not a, about knowledge. This is about experience. Right, and today, God willing, I have to ask myself, where am I not making much progress? Where am I rebelling? Is there an area of my program, I'll just wrap up with this, that I need to stop rebelling, stop saying I know, and say, God, please help me, and with that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Katie. Next, we'll have Chuck, and then Catherine, and then we'll take more names. Chuck? Hey, good morning, Craig. It's Chuck from Georgia. Yeah, I'll just, I'd like to add that at this point, when we're when I'm discussing a program with a potential spot C, it's almost like the secret is well, you know, sometimes I still feel that way. I still want to be a rebel, and that's why I need the steps and the traditions to help guide me in my life. And I love the way that it was just mentioned about the steps being circular. That's a really nice way of putting it, and it's very true because I'm always going to be this way. I am all. There's always going to be that Chuck. It's going to tell me that it's okay to do things that are not okay. And that's the reason I need the steps. The other thing I was thinking about <clears throat> was in Bill's story where he says, I have arrived. And it makes me think about all the times in my life that I said that. And the reason I was saying that is because I was so desperate just to feel like I was worth anything. I had that sense of worthlessness that I just created or was 
genetically there or whatever, that I was desperate to prove that I was equal or better or whatever. And what program teaches me is I have to be one among many. So when I'm talking to a sponsee and they're giving me some of these stories that I relate to, I just kind of laugh and I don't laugh, but it's kind of amusing in a way because I, I understand it. I know what they're talking about. And then the other thing that I have to be careful of is I don't need to be trying to solve their problems. I don't need to, to act like I've got the answers. This is another time where I surrender my life to God. And I just share my experience, strength, and hope. And I don't get caught up in their recovery. Their recovery is their business. It's none of mine. If they want to work through the steps and the way that I'm, that's the way that I like to work the steps, then we'll work together. Maybe I'm just planting a seed. I don't know. I may never know. But it's none of my business what goes on there. All my job is to do the footwork. And then I'll get a blessing out of it. Then I'll get a nice experience out of it. And uh, I think if enough of us do that, I think this world will be a much better place. Thanks for letting me share. Okay, Chuck, thank you. All right, next up we have uh, Catherine M., and then we'll take new names. Catherine? Hi, this is Catherine in Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, I love this sentence. Your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. But for a candidate to um, follow all of the program or refuse to follow all of the program, they must know what the program entails. And I came into the room in my early 20s, and I'm still in my early 20s, recovered by the grace of God. But I had no idea what the program even entailed. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I thought that that's what OA was, coming and sharing about, you know, how your in-laws were coming over for um, for a potluck or um, just a lot of dieting with group support. Um, and it wasn't until I went on an online Zoom meeting and someone had told me about what a vision is for you, um, a vision for you is. And now I feel as a recovered woman, it is my obligation to come into these sick meetings um, where it is dieting with group support and be the voice of recovery and say, no, no, it can be so much better. Um, recovery is not just, um, you know, coming in and, and using this as, as um, just the fellowship, but it is working the steps. And I know every week I have to go to these sick meetings and say, yeah, I am still a compulsive overeater. Recovered, yes but I am still a compulsive overeater and I have found freedom. Um, granted I am in a spiritually fit condition. Um, and so, yeah, that, that sentence just stuck out to me so much because I walked into the rooms and didn't see anyone like me. I didn't see any young people. Um, and I thought this is a great club for someone else. Um, and so I'm so grateful for a vision for allowing me to hear voices of recovery. Um, and I thank you for your service. And with that, I'll pass. All right, Catherine. Thank you for your share. Um, all right. Who else would like to uh, share on this paragraph? Fran M. from New Allison Jersey. Allison L. 
Reva P. Lily B. All right, Lily I have a uh, Fran. I have Fran, Ellison, and Reva. Allison, who, who else do I have? Thurry C. Thurry C. Morrissey. Wait a minute, Morrissey. Um, was that Thora C? Lily V. Okay. I, I need. Uh, there were uh, there was two names that I missed, uh, and I am trying to fill them back in. Rick and Jay. Lily V. Lily V. I got. Mora, I got, but right after Reva, there was two two names. Rick J. All right. Sorry, okay, I've got. Sorry, spell that for me. Sorry. S U R I. Oh, Surrey C. Okay, thank you. All right. All right. I have Fran, uh, Allison, Reva, Surrey. Mara, Lily, and Rick. Um, let's go ahead and get Lily, started. How with are those. you? Good. Sorry, but uh, somebody needs to mute there. All right, uh, Fran, take hey, us away. Hey, thanks. It's Fran M. from New Jersey. And um, I just wanted to share that one of the most effective ways for me to learn to work the big book, which I've read for, I don't know, most of my life, I'm 66 now. I came into program when I was 24, and um, I still read the big book. I still get new things out of it, but it's funny because I think the thing that helps me the most is I actually know particularly, you know, one person who's a mentor to me in program who acts the big book. She never exhorts me. Oh, you've got to follow the big book. Oh, you've got to do what it says on this page. Oh, oh, with a lot of shrieking and ranting. But she does share for me a way of being that I want because I see how how helpful it is, how full of love and tolerance. She never feels she has to prove something. I just see the way she acts in her life. And I think that's the way I learned from the time I came into program and you know, in 1978 when I came in, it was just enough to find out that there was someone else who got up and shared what they did with food and that they didn't do it anymore. If they had read the big book to me, I wouldn't have known what they were talking about and I would never have come back. So I just want to put a plea out there that there are many, as I always say, there are many different ways to recovery. We all come in at different times and need different things. I'm so grateful that I have this beautiful person in my life now who lives the big book. She doesn't speak on the line a lot. She certainly never rants or screeches or shouts. She certainly never says things like, when people say abstinence is the most important thing in their lives, it makes me puke. Because you know what? For me, starting out when I was 24 and didn't know how to live without binging and starving, hearing that the most important thing in my life was just to put down those foods really helped me. It just was an easy mantra to follow. And I did eventually get wise to the big book, but it took time. So I guess I just am putting out there that we all have a different story. And for me, what works most is when I see someone live the big book. When I see, sometimes I'll think like, 
I'll find myself replaying like an old resentment, and then I'll think, what would X do? And I know how X practices step four and prays for that person, and it's a model for me, so I do it. But it's not because she tells me to do it. It's because she does it. So thanks for letting me share. All right. Thank you. Uh, next we have Allison. Uh, Allison. Hi, thanks for your service, Craig. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, so when I'm talking to someone who's interested in how I've recovered, you know, I've listened to them, I've shared some of my story at this point, and they want to know how I stopped eating compulsively. Um, I share honestly about my experience. I let them know I did. I tried half measures. I tried half honesty in the beginning, and and it didn't get better. In fact, uh, the disease progressed. It got worse and worse, even while in program. And I had no lasting relief um, until I became entirely abstinent, worked all the steps thoroughly and honestly, and I followed instructions that my sponsor and teachers on this line gave me. Um, there can be temptation for me to water things down, to make the program seem not so difficult, um, but I'm, I'm not doing them any good. Um, I mean, the honesty is the program is simple. It's just, it's not easy. Uh, recovery does come at a price. It's it's painful and uncomfortable the period of time where you have to be abstinent and use the tools while working the steps. And I let, you know, I let them know that, assuming we get to the place where they really want to know. Um, it doesn't have to be a long period of time, but the discomfort um, can't be avoided. An addict separated from their substance is going to be painful, um, and and needing to be vulnerable and honest and abstinent all at the same time. Uh, while following instructions that I may not understand or agree with, that's what worked for me. And I can't share anything different. Um, I always am sure that I stress, you know, the delights and the freedoms of recovery um, and that any discomfort um, I may experience or have experienced of living this new way of life, they're so worth it without question. That's why I keep doing it. That's why I keep showing up. That's why they'll see me at the meetings over and over and over again doing service. Um, and I let them think it over. I just let them decide for themselves. I never argue, debate, justify. That is certainly not my job at all. Um, and I always try to offer follow-up. You know, I'm available. You can call, text me with any questions. Um, you know, let me, I'll share resources beyond just my experience. You know, if you're interested, I can share podcasts from, you know, previous vision meetings that were helpful for me and may answer some more of your questions um, or maybe others that have experiences, you know, that you want to hear about. I, I can offer phone numbers of other recovered members that I know would be happy to talk with you. I, I have cards that I carry and I hand out those to newcomers or anyone interested that have the vision phone number and website on it. Um, and again, I never demand anything from them. I'm not selling anything. I'm simply carrying a message that's been true for me. Um, and again, only when they want to hear it. So with that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you very much. Next we have Reva P. Reva? Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. The sentence that struck me the most was about giving reasons or excuses of why I don't need to follow all, all of the program. And I know this is talking about approaching somebody who's new, but I was thinking about what about um, people um, who have been in program a while, who have 
work the steps, who are, you know, we're in recovery. Am I practicing all of the program? Am I starting to give excuses um, for why I don't need it all? So, you know, thinking about, am I still, when I get invited out, you know, calling and figuring out if there's abstinent food for me or if I need to bring um, an abstinent meal? With step 10, am I still continuing to watch for um, defects coming up? Am I still turning to my higher power? Like, am I, am I still doing the program as rigorously, as vigorously as in the beginning? And I think by the grace of God, God raises my bottom. So yes, that gift of desperation, that surrender at the beginning was the one thing that catapulted me to be willing to do what it says here, drastic action. Yes, that was true at the beginning, and I need to do that every 24 hours when I wake up. For me, my battery is dead. You know, I have to recharge every morning, and I have to be doing drastic action every day, 10 11, am I still seeking? Am I, st- am I getting complacent with my prayer and meditation? Am I still seeking? Because spiritual development is limitless. Um, I need to keep going and progressing because the disease is progressing. Um, am I still standing at the door when newcomers come in? Am I, st- am I hanging out with the people I, you know, I'm familiar with and I want to catch up with? Am I still calling newcomers uh, from this line? So for me, the question is, am I still following all the program in that same desperate way? Because um, for me, otherwise, the disease sort of gets ahead of the recovery. Um, and with that, I pass. Okay, thank you for your share. Next, we have uh, Surrey C. Surrey? Hi. Um, this is Surrey C. Connecticut. Um, cleaning my seat. I'm here doing this perfect this this program very imperfectly, and um, you know there are so many things on this line that have been. I'm sorry, I'm not recovered. Um, there are so many things on this line that have been so helpful to me, um, and just the existence of it because life progresses at such a hectic pace that visions being here is, is, is such a gift from God. Um, reasons why I may not follow all of the program. I, I'll tell you that when it comes to food, I, am, I think that I could be abstinent, but it's the behaviors. The behaviors are, the, are my downfall because that's why I'm still stuck on step one. Power. I think I have the power. I think that I can be in charge here. And I am struggling with getting everything done. And there's too much and time. And I kept saying, "I, I I can't do it. There's not enough time. I don't have enough time. And it's through this line that I learned about cosmic timing. And I had the most unbelievable experience on Friday where I literally let go and I said, God, I've got this much to do and this amount of time. And I just watched in awe as it played out. And I just, I'm here claiming my seat saying I am 
clearly on a road, on a path, grateful that there is somebody that shared that was younger than I was because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so cool because I joined this room when I was, like, not even 40. And look how many people are on the line and they're older. And, oh, gosh, like, there I came back into my power. And it's not about age. It's not about age. It's just about the moments and the time and the sharing and, 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 and just trudging and holding, putting my hand in yours. And I am so grateful that there are people on this line that lend that, that I mean, that's what they're doing. They're lending their hand out. They're, they're putting their hand out. And I'm going to keep just coming in because this is what, this is my saving grace. Thank you. That I passed. All right. Thank you, Siri. Next up, we have Mara Z. Mara? Good morning, Craig. Thanks so much for your service. Mara Z, recovering gratefully in Virginia. And, you know, I see the word rebel here. And the first, the first memory that comes into my mind and I forgot to time myself, Craig. Please, would you I, would you please do that? I got you. And um, thank you. And um, it was just ridiculous how strong-willed my disease was, how strong my ego was, that I was going to actually be screaming at a sponsor. <laughs> God bless her soul. Screaming on, at a sponsor because I had a hot dog with a bun on the train to New York because I was so busy I forgot to pack my food. And what do you mean i got to go back to step one? That was all that was available to me. Are you kidding me? And, and that was the most perfect lesson in rebelliousness that I had. And that has stayed with me for 20 years. That was my will, saying, no, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm not going to follow these steps. I'm not going to do this thing with the food. I have kept that story fresh in my mind because that tells me how sick I was, that I was literally screaming at this lovely person on the other end of the phone because she was trying to share a message of hope with me. I've taken my will back. I did that in December. And I have, I am paying the price. I binged. I was emotionally unglued um, and behaved horrifically. And only because I've been around these rooms, these healthy OA meetings, only because I had a sponsor that was, that was so filled with humility that she shared with me something that allowed me to finally say, you know what I've been doing for the last two weeks? And I came clean. Rebelliousness did not buy me anything but pain and misery and sitting in my shit in this freaking disease. Opening up, being honest, that's the freedom. That's the freedom. Being honest with myself, with another person, and with God... I started doing my fourth and fifth step yesterday. I guess it was my fifth step. I shared my fourth step with my sponsor yesterday. It had been quite a while since I had done a fourth step. I do 10 steps all the time. But to unearth things that were hanging on, this program gives me the guidebook right here. It's called Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's because of this book 
that I am able to say today that I am a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. All right. Um, next up, we have um, Lily V. Lily? Hi, good morning. This is Lily V. from Toronto. Um, I really, it's really great to hear this paragraph this morning, particularly, um, you know, where I'm at working with some new sponsees and I can, you know, I can, I can certainly, uh, relate to, like, I didn't want to be told what to do. And, uh, in the beginning, I didn't want to work with the type of sponsor that was just going to be telling me what to do because, you know, the, you know, I was never going to give in, you know, and that's why I was, I was, and how I was in my disease, but just hearing this, just to share, you know, if I, if I had heard from somebody as I was struggling with that, you know, with all of my resistance that, you know, from another addict, you know, um, just the story of, you know, of, of how they felt and, and the way they resisted and what their journey was with that. I think that's the beauty of why only we can, you know, listen to people, other people that suffer from this rather than people telling us to change. I think that's the difference with, uh, with the 12 steps. I think people need a lot of support. Um, you know, we need a lot of support to, um, come out of our will and, and we really resist being told what to do. I certainly, certainly I did. Um, and for a long time I fall, I, you know, I followed, the program doing, you know, up to eight and nine. And I really, I wasn't doing step 11 and I wasn't doing 12. I wasn't doing 10. And, you know, I was, I had some recovery, but I had to, it, it was a process for me. You know, when I started doing 11, I, you know, I thought I didn't have to because I'd done all this other meditation and, you know, something shifted and now I'm doing 12 and a big shift. And so I think, you know, it's just, sometimes it happens in pieces and uh it's just been a wonderful journey but i really appreciate hearing that the wisdom of that paragraph this morning it's going to really help with my with people i'm working with thanks for letting me share okay uh thank you um rick we're almost out of time you, you could have a minute or you could wait and share in the next hour Hey, Craig, this is Rick. I'm a recovered but not cured compulsive overeater in North Carolina. I just wanted to um, say real quickly that, uh, you know, I'm looking, you know, again, straight down the gun barrel, you know, of this disease when I'm looking in my daughter's eyes. And, uh, you know, and she's rebelling. She's in a uh, this two-month treatment facility, and we visited on Sunday and you know already she's like what about this God stuff and I'm hearing about the 12 steps and <laughs> and I'm just thinking back you know on my own my own journey and I could just share with her you know just from my my experience and my heart in a loving way and um, anyway that's really all I had to share and also to thank everyone on the line who's uh, who's been supporting me through this um, that's all I have thank you I'll pass okay thanks Rick appreciate it all right. Um, thanks for everyone, to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, for the meeting that's just concluding, is 14,203-14203. And that's for November, or November, March 3rd, 2020. Um,
We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will, a ginger C, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Ginger? Ginger C, please star one. Okay, I'm here. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.